0: You can be seated. I want to tell you a story about a man who had an exceptionally bad week. I mean, it was it was Murphy's Law, like. Uh, Let's dismiss the kids first. Oh, I'm sorry. We must dismiss kids. I'm sorry. <laughs> then we'll start over. All right. Okay, I've been I've been told that I'm kind of a skyscraper you know, preacher or speaker. You know, that's just kinda of one story right on top of another one, you know, so I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna start out with this story here today, it's about a man who had an exceptionally bad week. You know, he had this business deal he'd been working on for a long time. In the middle of the week it, you know, fell through, lost a lot of money, and you know, the boss yelled at him, you know, the car broke down and you know, he had an expensive repair bill he wasn't expecting. And then when it gets to Friday, all he's thinking about is, I just want to go chill out, go home, get in my man cave, have nobody bother me, right? So he gets home, and he's planning on doing this, and his wife says, well, you know, we were supposed to go out with another couple tonight. To eat. And he goes, oh, shit, <laughs> I forgot about that, you know. But He got a good attitude, and he decided that he would uh, get dressed and get ready to go. Well, he comes outside, and his wife went out to start the car, and she had started the car and uh, locked the keys up in the car with the car running, and he didn't know where the other set of keys was. And then he started to practice what we call misplaced anger, right? Right? And he just, he just lost it. And he said, I can't believe it. He said, how in the world could God make somebody so beautiful and so stupid? She didn't answer immediately. Like, she pondered the question. And she said, well, I suppose uh, he made me beautiful, so uh, I'd love you. And he made me stupid, so you'd love me. So... Kind of how that worked out a little bit. <laughs> okay. Uh, Want to let you know that uh, if some of you don't know that I'm uh, was was not married until I was fifty years old, you know, and uh, I know I'd go on Mother's Day and they'd say uh, they'd say, uh, well you know, where they preach on the virtuous woman passage, you know, one that says, who can find a virtuous woman, and I always thought my version of that for years was kind of, I can't find a virtuous woman, when I would, when I would hear that, but uh, I wanted to talk to you about something serious today, uh, but I did want to say that, uh, you know, when you haven't been married to your 50, you kind of... There's just some things that women know about that you don't know anything about, and you've kind of got to learn. Uh, Bernie started talking about a, a longer, a, a longer burger, you know, and I didn't know, you know, I thought it was a, it was this bowl, and I didn't know any better. Like I was gathering up stuff to take to a thrift store, and I took I took her longer burger bowl, <laughs> and she wasn't happy. And, then, and I thought it was kind of like talking about a fast food place, you know, you get a regular burger, like a foot-long hot dog, you know, that's a longer <laughs> burger, was what I thought that was. And then she started talking about, like, uh, essential oil. Now, I'm, 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 I mow a lot of grass, and I just thought, well, 10W-30 sounds good for me, and you know, I you can't get the lawnmower started. Unless you've got some 10W30, but I've learned. I'm happy to say that uh, I have now been happily married for 10 years. I've been married 16 altogether. I've been happily married for 10 years. <laughs> I, I knew it would take a little bit of time to catch on to that, and you know, I didn't know that would go over <laughs> very well. But uh, I do want to talk to you s- about something that's very serious. Uh, I'm going to talk about holy living today. And uh, uh, first of all, we're going to look at holiness defi- defined, and I just have a short passage that's found in one Peter, chapter one, verse thirteen to sixteen. I do speak at a church sometimes, and uh, you know, and you, you speak at another church, you know, you, you know if you, if you make them mad, they just don't have you back, and you don't have to see them again. But I got to be more careful this time. If I make somebody mad, I'm going to have to work with some of you. But uh, my, my main thing is I'm speaking to, uh, like, like it's, it's a strange combination. Most of my teaching and speaking has to do with children and telling stories. And the other thing is teaching uh, addicts and alcoholics, <laughs> you know, t- doing, doing Bible studies with them. And uh, so I'm, I'm, I'm going to try it at a, at a church this time. Uh, we're going to look at holiness. Holiness defined. I'm going to tell you what it's not. You know, when I grew up, I, oh, I, I thought of holiness, and I just thought of it. It's very serious, and my picture of holiness was like an old, really cornball fuddy daddy, you know. And they didn't think that there was ten commandments; they thought there was eleven, and number eleven was "Thou shalt not have any fun." You know, I just thought that was what it was. And uh, I, uh, you know, I just thought, you know, it was like they had a list of don'ts, you know, different list of don'ts, but it was like, you know, uh, they didn't, uh, like, don't, don't smoke, drink, don't chew, don't listen to rock music, you know, don't don't, don't go to movies and things like that. And, uh, you know, I, I started, you know, it was kinda like don't drink, smoke, cuss, or chew or run around with any girls that do, you know. And you'll you'll be holy. That's that's how to practice holy living. And you'd have somebody get well fired up, you know, and they'd you get that vein in there and they'd say they'd say, I'm a born again sanctified Baptist. I'm thinking. Well, you need to tell your face because you know you, you haven't let you have not let your face know that you're happy <laughs> so far. So then I got to studying about it, and like a lot of things, you know, you get studying the Bible, and you found that not only does that not describe holiness, it does not even come close to describing holiness. Uh, let me give you a good definition. You know, some of you might have this book. You know, uh, it's a it's a it's a Bible dictionary written by W. E. Vine, and uh, it, he 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 gives a really good definition about everything. And he says that holiness is free from defilement, character, and is intimately godly. I might need to repeat that. It's pretty good. Free from defilement and character and, and uh, godly. In other words, you become, as you grow in your walk with the Lord, you become more, more holy as you, and, and, and your living becomes more ethical. And that's the way it is. So that, that, that's holiness defined. And I'm going to talk about now holiness described for a little bit. Uh, in First Peter, in First Peter uh, three sixteen, it said it's a command. The church was going through a lot of persecution in the church, and you know there was not any outward sign that it was going to get better. And there wasn't even really any promises in the Word of God in written form that it was going to get better. It was discouraging. And during this time, Peter says, Be ye holy. Now, it is not a suggestion. It is not, it would be a good idea if you'd be holy. And I hope you can get holy. It. it is a command be ye holy. So, if it is, maybe you ought to find out what that means. The first thing he says about it, he says, gird up your loins. Gird up your loins. And you know what that means? That's kind of a symbol of roll up your sleeve. You know, like like you have to work only this time. It's not talking about physical work. It is t- because it says, gird up the loins of your mind, of your mind. How do you roll up the sleeves of your mind, all right? We'll tell you. There's an intense person. It wasn't going to get better any time. And, you know, Romans 12, 1 and 2 would be a good thing to apply. If you haven't memorized that, you need to do that. I beseech ye, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transferred by the renewing of your what? By the renewing of your mind. Not not necessarily the renewing of your brain, but the renewing, the renewing of your mind. Okay? Now, Here's the thing, if somebody waited until they would mastered holiness to preach on it, uh, I tell you how many people would preach on it, nobody because nobody has mastered holiness. Now, I can give you some principles from God's word about how to you know how to be holy, but uh you know, anybody that says they've mastered holiness, you already know they're not holiness because they just lied, you know nobody has. All right? And it takes a while. One of the things, one of the things that I used to hear Jerry Falwell say a lot, he would say there are no shortcuts to holiness. And he was absolutely right about that. But when we get holy, we become partakers. We become partakers of his divine nature. Now, I don't know about you, but that's pretty exciting to me. This little boy who's not so little anymore, but this little boy, you know, who grew up in a single parent home, you know, not it wasn't because of divorce, it was it was a single parent home because my father passed away when I was real little. You know, this little boy in Elk, that lives in Elkview, West Virginia, the creator of the universe, can make him a partaker of his divine nature. Now talk about the attributes of God, the attributes of God. The one they mention the most usually is loving, and he is loving. That is an attribute of God. But did you ever notice what the songs say? You know, the songs don't say, Loving, 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 Lord God Almighty. What does it say? Holy. Take time to be loving. It's not what it says either. It's emphasizing the holiness as the main and primary attribute of God. So we tried to describe it. We tried to define it. Now we're going to try to demonstrate it, all right? Now, uh, did you know that when a, a person who is really holy is winsome? and they're loving, and they demonstrate the fruit of the Spirit, you know, it's it's somebody that's pleasant to be around. Like, if you're practicing holiness, and you're a dad, you you know, somebody says, well, I'd like to be around that guy, because you see the way he treats his wife? Do you see see how kind he is? Like, you know, he doesn't let let them get away with things, but... You know, he's just he's just a real loving dad. And there's somebody that, you know, you're not walking on eggshells when you're around. I'm afraid you're gonna say the wrong thing. They're they're just fun to be around and they're such a good role model for somebody. And you know what? Actually somebody somebody that's practicing holy, holiness is somebody that is, you know, that you that you that you just wanna be a really be around. Now, I'll tell you something else. Somebody practicing holy living You can practice holy living, you can still tell a funny story, you know, you can still tell a joke. I'm glad that wasn't one of the qualifications for it, because I'd never be holy if you had to quit doing that, okay? So, they're funny, they're they're a good role model. How can you practice holy by being a good role model as a parent, as a student? And are you ready for this? as an employee, you want to find out who's practicing holy living and who's not. You, you work on a job with him real, real fast. And, you know, you ever seen somebody like you work with him and you also go to church with him and you say that guy is exactly the same. Like he doesn't act a bit different in church than he does, you know, when he's on the job. And, you know, and say if, if, if you're if he, if he's a supervisor, we well, you know there's always things you know people get in trouble and there's reprimands and there's somebody that's you know that maybe you might have to tell them you're you're fired or you're letting them go and all those things. But but even in the midst of a supervisor, you still treat people fairly, and you treat them the way that you want to be you want to be treated. And the Bi- you know the Bible says about employers, he said. They are a minister of God to make you, and and it also is not just a, a loving supervisor, but I mean, like somebody that's you know by all accounts is not not very nice and treats you unfairly, and tries to do you dirty. You know, some people think that's a minister of Satan. You know, my boss is a minister of Satan. You don't know, but 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 he's really not. You know, God put him there uh, in in his place. all right, you know, you're on time, you follow the rules, you don't complain, right? And I've got to tell you, I wish I, wished I, had, I wasn't, hadn't been so hard to hear that when I was young. I mean, I always thought, you know, not always, but I always thought that many times that I just knew more than the supervisor, you know, and they were stupid, and I knew how to do it better than I did, and you know what that was you know i i didn't ne- i never embezzled any money. I was on time most of the time i didn't didn't never stole a penny from anybody you know never never didn't get angry and get upset but there were just some things and I suppose maturing you know brought this about but there were just some things that are just not very desirable quality when you're trying to And you're trying to please an employer. And, uh, you know, I could have been, now think about this, this is serious. I could have been the next step in that person's life appointing them to Christ. I I, I don't mean sharing the gospel. There might be an opportunity to do that. But most times, especially when an adult, somebody doesn't get saved until they're an adult, is. Most of the time, that process, if they see a Christ-like example of something they want to see, a Christ-like example, and you may not be the one that shares the gospel with them and wins them to Christ, but, you know, God wants you to be the next step in the process of making them, and I just think that many times I, I just blew that by not being a very, Good example. And I believe that it grieved the Holy Spirit when I did that. And then a holy person does not compromise on ethical principles. Now, if if we build a new church auditorium and and I wanted pews and somebody wanted chairs, well, they they might vote and they might have chairs. I compromise, you know, like I wanted pews. And In marriage compromise is a good thing. But on an ethical principle where there is, it is clearly what's right and what is wrong. There's no room for compromise. This is a person that practices holy living, is, say, you know, they're out with a boss on some kind of big business deal, and they're working their way up the corporate ladder, trying to make it big as an executive that wants to get ahead, and they're driving around, and it's late at night, and there's this, uh flashing lights and lots of X's and then, then there's another flashing light under there that says girls, girls, girls and he said, Well I want you to go in there with me. You know, it, it's real important that we make a good impression. You know and he said, Oh, you know, I knew, might need to do this. I mean I wanna get fired but but you know what you need to do? You said I can't do that. I I'm not gonna I'm not going to do that. You're gonna take boss's orders as long as it's not anything unethical. But just I'm not gonna do that and because it doesn't honor God and you know what? You know what you need to do? You say, I I you know, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna do that. And you say, Well he'll fire me. Well let him fire you. You're, a whole, you're practicing holy living. You don't want to dishonor the Lord and you don't want to dishonor your wife. By doing that, let them fire you. God will get you another job because you're not going to go there. Amen? Now, I do remember, let me tell you somebody that practiced holy living. A few years ago, my uncle passed away and uh, his son got up to give some of the eulogy. And he said, well, you know, he says, my dad was a simple man. So one time he went, and I remembered this when I was little. He said, one time we went into a department store, and, uh, you know, the cashier gave him back too much change. You know, he drove over, and he got to look in the receipt and said, he gave me back way too much. And you know what he did? He goes back to the store and gives gives he gives him back the money, you know. You know, somebody that's not practicing holy living says, eh, you know, it won't be a big deal. <laughs> and I never miss that. You so, know, I, no, I got money that does not belong to me. All right? A person who practices holy living, let's just suppose for just a minute that, uh, you know, somebody calls on the phone and says, ask for their dad. Says The kid says, somebody on the phone and the dad says tell them I'm not here well why would you want to teach your kids not to lie when you just lied right there that is somebody that practices holy living and another thing is that what people say about their kids they say well you know, I'm not sure what I want them to do, but I just, above all else, I want them to be, what's the word? Happy. There's nothing wrong with that. God is not against us being happy, but he has a higher priority. He wants us to be holy. Holy. If you're a man and you practice holy living, you know you ought to you ought to be the kindest gentleman you've ever seen the uh, way you conduct yourself among women and the way the way that they the way that they uh, you conduct themselves and you and you watch what you say and it, it it ought to be so good that suppose somebody brings a charge of sexual harassment against you you know what you the, 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 the whole office, if you're practicing holy living, ought to say, I don't believe a word of that. They they, they find it totally laughable. Not that guy. He's squeaky clean. You know, he, he, he knows how to treat women just right. And, you know, it, some of you know, it could be possible. I don't want to know because it's your personal business, but you just let God speak to your heart. It could be, if you want to practice holy living, there's something on your phone you ought to be deleting. Ought to be something on that computer at home you ought to, you you like not to be watching you ought to cut it off there because you want you want to honor God in everything that you do and everything that you do and you know holiness is a process that God makes you want to be and you know you like we said before you know you become winsome and loving you become a person somebody wants to be around a lot and you you know Somebody that's holy is genuine. And that picture of the old fuddy-duddy, you know, that doesn't want to have any fun, that's not holy living. That's not holy living at all. One of these days, you know, we're all going to die. And then somebody's going to be standing up there, they're going to be giving a eulogy of me, right? And I can't think of anything they could possibly say that would be better to say, you know, Eddie Carper. I know him, and he practiced holy living. And I hope, I hope that they can say that not with flattery, but I hope they can say that sincerely, and be honest about that. That that's the way I, you know, want it to be. And like we do this song with the kids, you know, that's the, you know, say he's still working on me to make me what I ought to be, and, you know, we got a bunch of five to seven-year-olds, and I'll say, is he still working on me? Yeah, they said, oh, yeah, Mr. Reddy, he's still working on you, too, and I say, that's right, he's working on me to provide holiness and to be able to make me what I want to be. What an awesome God we serve we have the musicians come forward ready for you anybody has a need something they want to pray about if you need counseling you speak to somebody if if you don't then I won't pay any attention to you but it's a privilege and an honor to be here and be part of this church and stand together